Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I have um, some really good news, uh, finally, about uh, January 6th. Oh, I love to start off our show with good news. Tell me the good news. Remember when we started this podcast, that was that was the idea. And then we go for like 90 seconds with <laughs> with good news. And then it's like <laughs> and now a turn for the worst. <laughs> yeah. Well, but look, somebody is really profiting. And as he's looking for love in all the right places yeah. in fancy wine bars in Washington, D.C., uh, getting covers on Time Magazine and apparently an offer to appear in Playboy Magazine. This is the tattooed, ubiquitous um, part publicity tour, part pity tour uh, trolling Officer Michael Fanone. Okay, so w- I, I don't even want to ask the details. You, I did not read anything about this, so you give me the details. So Fanon um, has, as everyone knows, because if you have any TV set or newspaper, even social media, he has been everywhere really since like the week after the attack. He was profiled in The Washington Post. He's now a regular on Don Lemon's show where they just like hugged it out, told each other they loved each other. Um, So. And, of course, Fanon testified last week in Nancy Pelosi's show trial. It's supposed to be an investigative committee into the Capitol protest. Um, I got in a little hot water last week when I referred to him as a crisis actor, which now seems pretty tame, considering not just his post-testimony appearances, but now he is on the front cover of Time magazine, um, clad in his official uniform, which he said he never wore. In fact, it was brand new when he pulled it out of his locker on January 6th and put it on. But now, you know, he wears it to testify and he wears it for Time magazine covers. So this is a lengthy profile about he was almost killed on January 6th, but how he's parlaying this into success, including, um, let's see. In, now, he claimed he voted for Donald Trump. I find that hard to believe. Sure, of course. Um, that's, but he, that's why he pulled his uniform out for the first time ever on January 6th, because, you know, like, because he was totally there to, I don't know, support the president. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, that in totally, a uniform, in a law enforcement uniform. OK, right. With the body cam on it and just right. happened to have a body cam on it. I mean, none of this sounds like super suspicious, right? It's weird. Um, But look, his. Uh, you know, like hour long travesty that he endured on January 6th uh, is paying off because as Time Times Molly Ball reports, the response to him has been overwhelming. Thousands of letters, tens of thousands of emails have poured into the Metropolitan Police Department. Men wanted to thank him. Children said they looked up to him. Women swooned. Fanon turned down a request to pose nude in Playgirl. Playgirl? Liberal- I'm sorry, Playgirl. Wait. Okay. Oh, that's. Playgirl. Oh, I said it wrong. Play. Okay. It's I was gonna say not that there's anything wrong with that. No. But I did want to say that Playgirl <laughs> is. Notice I jump in when as soon as you start talking. About no, I'm mad because you have Max. to. Yeah, you got to get that cleared up for me. Playgirl is a magazine of men for men, right. and Playgirl Playboy is a magazine. 
with articles and then also some nudie pictures of chicks for women. Or wait, no. No, if he, if he, I don't know, does, does Playboy publish naked men? I don't know now. I don't know. I, I don't see gender. Oh, <laughs> okay. I don't know. Obviously, you should have called him Mr. September instead of a crisis actor, and you would have gotten in less trouble. But I don't know. I, all right. Anyway, so it was. Do just, you do you think that all those letters came into the police department? Like, do you do you think that who who let their child? Like, here's where my little alarm goes off when they're like children wrote letters to him. So you let your children watch a, this congressional hearing? Like, is that normal does that something parents do is have their children watch a congressional hearing i don't know well, maybe i'm out in of touch DC, probably i'm sure well, in dc that's you know maybe, maybe they, everybody it watched forced. it at like the rich preps like right well friends and all that maybe. right i all don't know all right i'm of- sorry i keep interrupting go ahead go ahead no no this is what we're here for to interrupt each other um so at any rate, it goes through everything that he went through, you know, stalking Kevin McCarthy and other Republican congressmen in the halls of Congress, how Andrew Clyde didn't know who he was, wouldn't shake his hand. So Fanon was very sad about this and called his new friend Eric Swalwell to tell him that Clyde would not shake his hand. Um, and now he's just on like this one cop mission to prove that cops aren't bad. And that he is the true hero for what happened on January 6th. And let's see, where, where is this? I'm going to this. He says to Eric Swalwell, tweet it, mother effer. He shoot, he, he, he's not on social media, apparently. Not yet. It sounds like he's on that track, though. You right. know, maybe he'll do an OnlyFans. Okay, I'll stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I got to stop. So the guy is clearly not all there. And it's not clear if he was. I think he's a narc officer or something. Um, But now and then. So aside from stalking members in Congress uh, and going on CNN to hug Don Lemon, uh, apparently Officer Fanon uh, is on uh, is this is what they report. He's broke, living in his mom's apartment. He has four daughters. I think he's on a second divorce. but that didn't stop him from going to what they describe as a pricey wine bar in the Navy Yard neighborhood of D.C. to pick up girls uh, in May. It, that's how the article opened. So he can't work because of his mental stress, but he can go out to pick up chicks. But here, you know, it's easy to laugh about this, except that in a hearing this week, a federal judge cited the testimony given by Fanon and the other three officers last week that he said under that uh, it really conveyed the violence of that day. And the judge was berating this couple who engaged in no violent activity, had nothing to do with Officer Fanon or any of the officers. So the problem is what people like Fanon are doing and these crisis actor cops not only are they further tainting an already highly biased jury pool in Washington, D.C., as you know, because you live out there, um, but now influencing what judges are doing in court in court and what they are saying to defendants. So 
Um, this is sort of, this is why it's kind of, it's dangerous territory, but, um, you know, look, let's hope at the end of the day, officer Fanon gets what he wants, which is a new girlfriend, possibly a gig as a, what law enforcement analyst on CNN, something along those lines. Yes. He's options. So, well, you know, I, I think it's odd that for so many of the people that were arrested and charged with various and sundry accounts and who weren't violent, um, who just walked into a door in through an open door or wandered around and said what's going on and then left. Cause you know, the Capitol is quite a large, it's a large building and there's a lot of entrances. So it isn't unusual for people on the other side, not to know what's going on. If there's some violent uprising at the front, the people in the back would not know it's, it, it is that large, but just wander in. And what does that have to do with any, any violence that these police officers who testified face, you know, if they just said, Oh, there was a door. I walked in, I looked around. I didn't know I wasn't supposed to be there. I mean, how is that relevant to, 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 to that person? But a judge said it's relevant. That's what, I understood you to say. Yes, that's right. So they're taking this public testimony and they are um, using it against these defendants that have nothing to do with Fanon or any of the violence. But it doesn't matter because the government insists that this is an act of terrorism. Anybody who participated that day promoted terrorism, that they're violent, even if they didn't do something violent. I've heard this over and over. So this is what the Democrats want, and this is what somebody like Officer Fanon is helping them do, which is just fuel this false narrative about what happened that day. Um, and, you know, it's it's very damaging to the criminal cases against these people. So, But they don't care because, look, he's, you know, he's getting his 15-ish minutes of fame. So do you know expense. why um, Congressman... The, I can't remember his last name now from Georgia. I know he's from Georgia. Um, why would he wouldn't shake his hand? Like, was there a uh, reason? Clyde. He so said Congressman he didn't Clyde, know who he, that's right. He said Forgive he didn't me. know who he was. He said, I'm not sure. He like stuck his hand out and Clyde didn't shake it. Now, this is Fanon's account, right? This is what he says. And Clyde wouldn't shake his hand. And he's like, oh, you're not even going to shake my hand. And he's like, I don't know who you are. And he's like, I'm Officer Michael Fanon. I guess he likes ghetto. Okay. Well, that seems like a, okay. What? That sounds like a strange thing to get upset about. I mean, he's also, Congressman Clyde, in his defense, I will say, is a new congressman. He hasn't been there 20 years. He doesn't know all the, all the, like, local, not a local, but, you know, the Capitol Police. But I guess Fanon is not a Capitol Police officer. I think he's, you said he was a DEA agent. Is that right? He's D.C. Metro. So why is he walking around the halls of Congress, like hunting down congressmen? I mean, he's basically stalking these people like he demanded to go in and see Kevin McCarthy. He like sat outside of his office until McCarthy let him in. But for what? I don't know. I mean, like, why? uh, For for the cameras, because they were following him around. Oh, 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 there were cameras. Okay. Well, that changes. That changes everything. Well, that um, so I uh, I guess we'll be probably seeing. I don't I don't watch a lot of CNN and what? a lot of CNN. I mean, none. And I don't watch MSNBC. So I probably will not see this gentleman on the TV. Um, but I'm sure he'll be there for those who do. Um, 
I feel like it we're we're this is just like Russia collusion hoax 2.0 where right. there's going to be this massive <clears throat> uh, consp- conspiracy theory, I guess, or theory that half, not even half the country, because CNN's lost 75% of its audience, I believe. So whatever slice of the country is still clinging to this, I guess we'll have a whole narrative about it. And the rest of the people will just be like, we're not paying attention. But right. Right. Okay, that sounds fabulous. Um, so let's move on. This was a busy week for news. Oh, yeah. Yes. So we're going to move on to the latest coronavirus mask dictates that have come down from upon high. And in particular, the latest one, there's so many that even though it's Thursday, there's many developments, but the most recent outrageous development is that the CDC and the Biden administration, well, the Biden administration using the CDC as basically a human shield has decided to extend the eviction moratorium. And I'm sure as our listeners know, there was a moratorium on evicting people. And I think foreclosing on people, um, during the pandemic because the government shut everything down and the uh, Biden administration got an extra 30 days extension. And then it was in court. It was, they were taken to court over this because the CDC is the one who issued the regulation or the moratorium. And as we all know, the CDC has absolutely no power to do any such thing. And it went to court and the Supreme court said, no, nah, bro, you can't do this again. And so the eviction moratorium expired. And then all of the progressives were very angry at Biden because they thought he could have done more, even though the Supreme Court said the CDC does not have the authority for this kind of law, this kind of regulation. And if you want to do this, you have to pass a law, which is the job of Congress. This is one of the little tricks about how our legislators get around and the executive branch gets around doing the heavy lifting of passing laws, which isn't as easy because a lot of these lawmakers, senators, and also Congress people, they have to get reelected. Congress is up for reelection every two years. Um, so they're always up for reelection. So it's it they couldn't get it passed in law. And so Biden said, you know what, we're going to do it anyway. I mean, the Supreme Court said, you can't do it again. And they said, eh, you can't do it anyway. And Biden basically admitted that he knew it was unconstitutional. And he was like, oh, we're just buying some time. You know, that just really infuriates me. What do you think, Julie? I mean, it's just it's it, it, the CDC. Basically, it has been running the country for almost two years. Um, you had uh, what's his name? I see his face. Redfield. Um, well, no, CDC was uh, Redfield. So he oh, right. was okay. head of CDC under Trump. Then they brought in this clearly emotionally unstable woman named Rochelle Walensky to run the department. And um, she has just been like hysterical since she took the reins of that agency. And now not only, uh, you know, her hyperbolic warnings about, um, you know, dark days ahead with the pandemic and uh, pushing vaccines now, math, more mask mandates. Our kids are going to have to be wearing masks now again back in school. Um, but now she apparently 
thinks it's okay. Now, Biden kind of tap danced around this the other day, said he didn't talk to, he didn't direct the CDC what to do, just was asking or advising or something. Um, but then she came out and announced this, uh, this new moratorium. Like, who, no one elected Rochelle Walensky. I mean, no. But they can't. I mean, it is a regulatory agency. The CDC does not issue laws. They do not make directives. They just don't. First of all, the right. CDC is is part of the executive branch. There, we have a branch of government, the legislative branch. That's job it is is to make laws. Right. It's not the CDC's job to make laws. But one of the ways that the Democrats and the left have always gotten around the difficulty of passing laws, because, it, again, to pass a law, you need really a lot of states and or a lot of districts, enough districts. And for, for their crazy agenda, they don't have it. So what they do is they have the agencies issue regulations. And they really are the purview of laws. This is how we got a lot of weird stuff out of the Department of Education under Obama on Title IX. You know, where right. all of a sudden, if you were accused of harassment or sexual assault or anything on rape, the accusation was basically like the end of it. It's like, okay, you were accused, you're guilty, that's it. That came out of, that wasn't a law. You know, nobody made a law to change that. That was a regulation, you know, that came out of the Obama Department of Education. And so that's what happens. And so here again, we see it with the CDC, uh, Dr. Walensky, she has no authority, her agency has no authority to issue a law that has to do with finance, you know, finances, and is actually about the law itself, right, which is that the evict, the laws about eviction and tenancy and renting are suspended because a, a health official said so. It's, it's crazy. And right. I might add, <clears throat> this really pisses me off because a lot of middle class people make income from renting out properties. They've right. invested money. They have mortgages. Their rent, the renting of their properties covers their mortgage. And maybe they make a little bit until, of course, they pay off the property and then they make more money. But a lot of people who retired have income coming in this way. And a lot of people have bought houses and they rent out a, a, like an, an, a basement, uh, you know, a British, I think it's called like a British apartment or some, there's some British English basement, I think is the proper term. You know, these are people that are getting screwed. You know, they're the people that are on the hook for a mortgage payment for a building and their tenants are not paying rent. And it's, I mean, it's just a mess all around. But the idea that we would just have some agency that it, without the authority which would just bring this back is ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, I mean, what's... uh. The Republicans had a chance last year when the CDC, first of all, the CDC is now acting as the portal to enforce all of these longtime sought after goals of Democrats. So we know, for example, the squad wants to get rid of rent altogether. Right. So, yeah, this is helping achieve that goal. Um, we obviously know, sadly, how CDC election guidance, which was issued in May of 2020, uh, influenced the outcome of the election. Republicans had numerous chances to confront the CDC to say, wait a second, before you just single handedly tell Americans how the election is going to go down, 
or how we're going to mask up our kids or all of the other ridiculous guidance, shut down bars and restaurants. Before you do all this guidance, we're going to hold hearings and we're going to have legislation and we have to codify this legally before we enforce 330 million Americans to, to abide by this guidance. They never did. You know, and I mean, again, I've said this repeatedly, Donald Trump is as much to blame as anyone. I mean, this was his CDC. He could have put the he could have put the brake on most of what they were doing. Um, the draft that the CDC put together last summer for school opening was insane. And they went ahead and accepted it and published it, went along with it. So, I mean, we can't go back in time, but. You know, again, here we have Republicans with few exceptions like Rand Paul who are speaking out against this, but it's going nowhere. We are living under the boot of Rochelle Walensky, who I don't even know is a legit doctor. I think she's a like a Dr. Jill Biden doctor. No, she think she's not, well, I yeah. I think she probably has some public health degree. Uh although I I I can't say I know what what in, but I kind of think that <clears throat> that Biden administration is using the CDC as like a human shield. Like they're saying we, the CDC said that, you know, we're going to have the CDC do it, but it really came at the direction of the Biden administration. Do right. you think, or do yes. you really think it's Rochelle Walensky all by herself? Oh no, 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 no. I, I don't, I think, you know, she's just taking marching orders from the white house, obviously. Um, so uh, this is just another crazy time. Like I, you know, my daughter, and you know this, my daughters are both going to be seniors, one in high school, one in college. And my older daughter is in college in New York. And, you know, she Ugh, was upset the other day because she's like, you know, I've not had a normal college experience. She's like, I can't believe, you know, this goes back to her second semester sophomore year. She's like, we left for spring break and nothing has been normal since. We thought we, you know, would get vaccines and everything would be normal. That's what they promised. And it's not. They're back to mandatory masking on a campus filled with healthy kids, most of whom have been vaccinated. Surely all of the staff has been vaccinated. But here they are tormenting these kids again. And there's just, I mean, it's, you, I cannot believe that 18 months later, we're still here and going back and people are prepping for lockdowns in blue states. I mean, I know it's going to happen in Illinois, um, but for what, there's Liz, gonna be, what is this? There's going to be kids who never have like four years of college. You know, there's going to be a whole chunk of kids that did not go through four years of college like normally. Um, no, that's kind or of high scary. school, which is even worse. I mean, my senior in high, in high school, school, I mean, she hasn't had she hasn't made a new friend in a year and a half. I mean, she just hasn't. That's not normal. You know, this should be one of the great times that, you know, for most people, well, you and I was, we had a great time in high school, but yeah, you know, this is when you're, you know, doing all the fun stuff, you get your license and, you know, you're going to games and dances and all of that and meeting new people, getting ready to go look at colleges. Nothing like that is happening, at least in well, the bar you know, keeps the, the goalposts keep moving. So, um, but why Liz, I mean, well, why? Why well, I think it, it's a control. I think it's a control. I think there are people that love to have this much control over the public, not just people. You know, I think there's political actors that 
want to have this much control over the public. Um, and once you can start doing things like cutting off evictions for a year and a half or, um, you know, forcing people to go to school from home or work from home, that the next step is going to be Green New Deal uh, things we're going to be giving up for the environment. I think that that's coming up next. But I really do think it's about control because remember, back in the beginning, we were told we just didn't want to overload our hospitals and we didn't want, you know, people were dying. We didn't want to overload our healthcare services, uh, you know, situation. And and so after we kind of got over that initial, you know, bump in some places where things were really hot and really bad, like in New York, where, you know, I mean, of course, a chunk of those people died because Governor Cuomo, who we'll be talking about later in the show, put, you know, contagious people inside uh, nursing homes. But, you know, we we kind of leveled out after that. And there were areas, er, some areas would get hotter than others. But I don't think that our hospitals have been extraordinarily overwhelmed really since last year, early last year. So then what? I mean, the goal was never, no one ever gets coronavirus. That was never the goal. We weren't told that we need to strive for zero transmission because we're never going to get zero transmission. First of all, we're not going to get it because the the southern border is basically just wide open and we have thousands of people, 7,000 um, COVID positive uh migrants have come through the southern border since I think January, February, 7,000. And they've just, they're not, they're not in quarantine. They're mixing about, you know, flying wherever they want, wherever they're being transported to. So, you know, you, you, we've heard a lot about the Delta variant, the Delta variant, which is really from India, but we can't say India because I guess it's racist if we say where it came from. And the Delta variant, well, how'd the Delta variant get to the continental United States if it was in India? Yeah, exactly. That's the point. So the idea that we're never, ever, ever going to have another case of coronavirus is is out is ridiculous. Um, but now it seems like that is the new the new standard. Be we we that we're talking again about how many people are testing positive. Well, yes, people are testing positive. Are they being hospitalized and are they dying? And also, if you look at the map of where people are testing positive, it's very regional, just like it was last year. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's That's not right. a joke. It's it's obvious that this it happens in clumps and it's in the south right now and it'll probably move somewhere else. And people are going to get the virus. If you're vaccinated, allegedly, you will not get as sick um, if you already had it. Um, I read this morning uh, a piece of an article. It was on the Daily Caller and it was an interview with a doctor. Oh, let me look up his name because it, it was an issue that I've repeatedly asked here on the air um, and almost any opportunity I have because I think it's important question, which is are people who have had the virus, are they um, more immune than someone who's vaccinated because it never made any sense to me to just make everybody get vaccinated. Because if you've had the coronavirus and you're better, do you have, you know, is your immunity the same, less or or better? And the assumption seems to be is that it's it's less, right? And that's why they're just like trying to stick everybody with this vaccine no matter what. But it turns out, according to some of the data out of Israel, that that is not true at all. And that people who have had the coronavirus are have a much more robust immunity to it. Well, 
to me, that's good Liz. news. That means all the people that have had it, you know, are in a better position and we don't have to worry about vaccinating them. And yet all we have, what are the numbers of the vaccines? How many vaccines have been given out? What, you know, traveling vans, giving people vaccines, you know, it, honestly, and I'm not, I'm not an immunologist. I'm not a virologist, but it doesn't make any sense to me that people who have actually had the virus and gotten over it would have a deficient immune system to the virus than somebody's vaccinated. Okay, we're back. We just had a brief technical issue, which which happened. Um, but I was ranting about how we want to give everyone the vaccine, even if they have gotten the coronavirus and have some immunity to it, which according to this study out of Israel, um, these some of these these people do have a, they have a better a better immunity. Uh, this is from an interview from Dr. Marty Makari, who is a professor, a doctor and a professor at Johns Hopkins. He's not a quack. And he was on the Vince Colonnais show, which is on WMAL. It's the afternoon drive show. And um, he said on the show that when you get infected with COVID, your body's immune system develops antibodies to the entire surface of the virus, not just the slight protein that the vaccine gets give you, but the entire surface. And so you get a more diverse antibody portfolio in, in your system. Well, I would think that this would be great news. I would also think this would be something we would know before we start trying to shove vaccines inside everybody, which is, you know, hey, if you're already good, that's less people to worry about, right? But that's not what's going on. And instead, we're seeing more and more places. And I know you know this, Julie, because you your your kids are in school. Now you have to show you have to be vaccinated no matter what. Well, here's and that's really that's very interesting what you just read. Um and why, I mean, do we even still have a grasp on the percentage of Americans that have natural immunity that have this? I mean, no. I suspect, especially with young people, these college students, as they were being tested, and I know the tests were flawed, but I mean, it's got to be a large chunk percentage of young people who had it, probably didn't even know they had it and have natural immunity and how dangerous it is to try to vaccinate them or how pointless it is. Also, but why would you even do that? Like, here's the thing, you know, again, this goes back to the shifting goalposts of what's going on here. If the goal was is to basically help people get as safe as possible, right, to fortify themselves as much as possible (laughs) against the deadly the possible deadly consequences of this virus. Wouldn't it be great to just say anyone who's got the antibodies, we don't even have to worry about you anymore. You know, like off the plate, check the box done. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. It's a lot. And, you know, especially for these college campuses, they have very, um, you know, clear records of of which students tested positive and who was. I mean, these kids. Here's what. And I know I keep going back to the kids because I just think it's horrific what's happening to them. But keep in mind, if these kids tested positive and this happened to my she was in a quarantine dorm for 10 days by herself no human contact she couldn't even go outside they delivered meals outside of her door she picked them up after they left 
She was alone for 10 days in a room by herself. I don't know how she did it. So you have these kids who allegedly were sick. She had no symptoms, had COVID. They have natural immunity. Plus they have natural immunity because they're young. Therefore, then their college forces them to get a vaccine. They don't even double check like, oh, you already had it, have a vaccine. And now they have to go back and be masked and socially distanced again. Like I, what my guess, Liz, is to what you just read too. What's becoming obvious is that the vaccine is not a vaccine, never was in the traditional sense. And even the companies like Pfizer admitted it straight up. It was supposed to minimize symptoms. So now they're not even sure. That's fine. Just say that. You know what I mean? Honestly, if they had said this will minimize the symptoms of the coronavirus, I still think that like people over the age of 70 should immediately get it. You know, like. Right. But but, how do they prove that, I guess, is my question. How do you prove that, you know, this guy is 70 some odd years old, you know, basic whatever health, you know, he's on blood pressure medicine or whatever, the usual stuff. How do you know that the vaccine will stop him from getting worse symptoms than he would have without it? How do you prove that? Well, right. Okay. Fair enough. I don't, I don't know if you can, other than saying older people who are testing positive for the virus aren't getting as, as sick and dying. I mean, I I don't know. I think, I think you make a good point. Um, But everybody can be tested for antibodies, whether you know, you had the coronavirus, like a lot of people had it and they just had a cold. Some people are like, yeah, it was a bad flu. Some people are like, yeah, it was a rough flu. You know, they weren't in the hospital, but they're like, yeah, I kicked my ass. I know a lot of people like that. Um, But even anybody can go get an antibody test and just see if they have antibodies before they were vaccinated. And if they have, if they have antibodies, it's all good, right? Like what, what is the point of vaccinating yourself? If you already have what appears to be a better, you know, protection, if in fact, this is the pretense, if the pretense is, we need to make sure that people aren't, I don't know. I know. I don't even know why we're vaccinating people. Like, I guess we don't want to spread it to other people. I don't know what the logic is because we know people who are vaccinated can get the virus and I assume spread the virus. Um, well, so I don't even some, really go ahead. Um, no, no, go here's, on. Some, here's some interesting data because I was arguing with my brother yesterday who surprisingly is on the vaccine bandwagon. Um, otherwise seems like a rational fellow, but So I pulled up some data because he was like, look at the data. You know, people want to lose an argument. They say data because that's supposed to silence you. And I I love my brother. So Um, but I pulled up new cases by the day dating all the way back to March of 2020. Here are some comparisons. July 26, 2020, 72,859 new cases. Um, July 26. 21 that of 2020 of 2021 21,088 so that sounds great right then you go to July 28th of 2020 58,000 new cases last year July 28th 47,000 the 29th 53,000 last year the 29th 82,000 this year July 30th 58,000 um, 963. This was of 2020. July 30th of this year, 106,184. So 
it's in these numbers, as you know, there's a lag in them too, right? About getting the accurate number of new cases. But the numbers for this year are sort of all over the place. And with a few exceptions, a few days, they are not significantly lower, as you just said, regionally, um, because it's a it's a respiratory virus, right? So there's not a significant difference, huge drop every day between the number of new cases from last year to this year. So what does that tell you? I don't know what you <laughs> you 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 tell me. You say I mean, it. I think that it's this is more evidence that this vaccine is not a vaccine, and that um, it's going to run its course like every respiratory virus does. And what the government and big pharma have promised people, a lot of people have been misled thinking that they were not going to contract this virus. And what their head, what their fear is, and this is why I think they're overblowing Delta, is because when we get into the normal flu season in what, two months from now, not even, say October 1, and the Midwest gets, I mean, these cases are going to spike majorly spike because it is a respiratory virus. And so they have to try to get ahead of this, explain why the vaccine, first of all, isn't really working in terms of preventing people from contracting it. And two, why people are still getting sick, hospitalized, et cetera, when they had the vaccine. So they're trying well, are to- Are the hospitalization the levels as, as high? Like, do we know? I don't even know can't even what get the lag data. is in, in numbers. But that's what I mean. Is it like how many people who are hospitalized are vaccinated? Is the hospitalization rate higher now than it was last year? Is it lower? Are you you know these are the it, what's the death rate right? Like that's right. the those are the things again because just testing getting the virus isn't this you know uh, we were never told that we had to eradicate it you know um, right. that that seems like a very ridiculous and unreasonable claim to, you know, goal to have. So really what percentage of people that are vaccinated are hospitalized and what percentage of them die from it? And what are their ages? I mean, those are all relevant information, but instead the numbers that we see bantied about are the ones that are most convenient to further this sort of power grab, which is the number of people testing positive. And, and Liz, you know this too. The problem is we can no longer trust anyone in the pu public health sphere. And this includes yeah, I hospitals. No <laughs> I mean, right. we, we can't even trust hospitals or doctors to tell the truth because we know that they are in on this and have been since the beginning. So how can we even trust a hospital or hospital system that says, I mean, very few hospitals across the country were really overrun with COVID patients from the beginning, I mean, obviously New York was the hardest hit. And a lot of those outbreaks were because people were in the hospital. Um, and so, I mean, there aren't hospitals really being overrun. Very few of them were throughout 2020. Um, of course, it's going to be higher in Texas and, of course, Texas, too, because, you know, why not let in a gazillion infected immigrants every day or migrants every day? Um, well, it's just this this. The, the, it's to scare people into getting the vaccine um, with this, the, with, the, again, the numbers and the Delta variant. And I just saw, I'm not even kidding you. I can't remember. I wish I had saved it. I just see so much news about the Delta plus variant. Oh, God. Okay. No. So that's coming. But 
it related to this, I want to talk about a case that really that really illustrates my point about how for some inexplicable reason, this isn't like about immunity or increasing people's resistance to getting very sick from the virus, but it's just about the vaccine, which is that Pete Parada, who is a drummer for the offspring, oh yeah, keep them separated, come out and play, you know, that's that song. I don't I you actually asked like me the this offspring. The other day. I know you may not know him. They're the only like non 80s band, one of the few that is decent. I like them, <laughs> but he's fired. He can't go on tour. And I've seen I think Vox had a piece where they said he re- he chooses not to get vaccinated. Well, Pete Parada's doctor told him not to get vaccinated because he has Guillain-Barre, which actually mm-hmm. some people have gotten Guillain-Barre syndrome as a side effect. That's from right. Taking the vaccine. This is a nerve disease. It's an immune system. Um, condition where your immune system attacks your nerves. His doctor told him not to get it, but also he's already had COVID. He's already had COVID. So he's right. He's got his body's got it up. So what's the problem? Why should this guy be not allowed to mix with the public? You know, right. it, It makes no sense. And yet, and yet we're here we are where it's like, no, you just have to take the vaccine. I mean, and you wonder why are people so hesitant? You know, why are people so don't trust what the authorities say? Well, you know, a lot of this stuff just doesn't make any fucking sense. Right. That's why. I mean, it's it's everything's changing. It's we're we're skidding all over the place, changing things, rubbernecking. Our rules are changing. Masks, no masks. Don't wear them. Wear them. Six feet. Uh, hand sanitizer. That kind of cra- and then it's it's just constantly changing. So people just don't trust the the public health officials. And I think this case with uh, Paraba is very instructive, which is a, by all measurements, this guy is fine. He's not a danger. He's not a risk. And yet, you know, he's not going to be allowed to whatever. I think in New York they had all these new. Now you have to be vaccinated to go inside anywhere. Is that correct, Julie? Um, I believe so. In New York City, you do, correct? So stupid. Yes. Well, we're creating a whole class of lepers, right? Modern day lepers. And this includes people who have legitimate pre-existing conditions, reasons why they don't want to take uh, the vaccine. Um, minorities, I mean, their vaccination rates are pretty low. And so I know that this has been pointed out especially in terms of New York City, is that, you know, I don't know what the exact figure is, but you're going to have a pretty significant chunk of minorities, Blacks and Hispanics who don't want this vaccine, who are going to be, I mean, this is like, I mean, geez, talk about what, Jim Crow or segregation. This is like the modern day segregation. Um, And this is going to impact a lot of people economically and just socially and mentally. Uh, So I I mean, I don't understand how this can be acceptable, and I don't understand why every single Republican is not screaming from the rafters, why we only have someone like Rand Paul doing it, while Mitch McConnell is running around telling everybody to get vaccinated or else we're going to be locked down again. Um, Well, I will point out that the mayor of Boston, who is a young black, she's very young looking, or it's a testament to her skin regime. (laughs) <laughs> this young black woman who's great skin, by the way, for however, yes. whatever her age Always. is, she's yeah. likened, she, she likened it to, 
to slavery. And I know that that sounds very woke, but she was basically saying that, oh, it, there's a long history of people being asked to show their papers, you know, and she's actually right. I mean, she's kind of right that this is, you yeah. know, a very unusual segregate, you know, that it's very like segregating. And she probably does know the numbers, which shows that I think Asians are the most vaccinated than whites, than yeah. Hispanics and blacks. Um, and I wonder why yeah. that is, because, I mean, blacks were disproportionately affected by this virus because they suffer a lot of comorbidities. I mean, they have high rates of obesity, diabetes, et cetera. So I'm curious what why has anyone looked I think into they're that? Just don't trust the government. I mean, it's not the first. I don't blame them. It's not, I mean, and it's young black men, I think, who are they have been experimented resistant. on before by the federal government. I mean, it's hard to Good like point. I get okay, it. there is a slight you know, history, but also you've got to admit that the government has done the worst possible job trying to market this. I mean, it's it's a clown show. It's horrible. They have done themselves absolutely no favors at all. It right. so I I don't blame people for wondering why is the government giving this away free. You know, when it doesn't give anything else away free. So, you know, again, this Except I think this payments. speaks. Right. I think that this just speaks to how poorly this has been marketed. It's all stick and no carrot because all these people went and got vaccinated. And all of a sudden they're like, guess what? Masks and lockdowns again. <laughs> it's just like, wait. And boosters. The, and and booster shots. Right. I read that San Francisco said that they are they okayed. I don't know how they have the authority to do this. I guess the San Francisco Health District okayed people who got the Johnson and Johnson shot to get a booster with an mRNA like Pfizer or Moderna shot. This sounds like the premise of like a movie to me, right? Like that right. you know, mixing your shots and now you have superpowers or I don't know. And then the CDC came out and I guess overrode that or came out and said we're not recommending booster shots right now, but you know, it's coming, you know, it's coming. And my wish is that this just basically becomes like a flu level, right? Where you're going to get it. Like you get the flu and some people who are super careful. I know, I know it's almost mandatory in every nursing home. Everybody gets the flu shot, you know, because of all, you don't need anything else interfering with you. And then people who want to get a flu shot and get a flu shot, you know, people who don't, don't have to get a flu shot. Um, Oh, it's just a mess and it's going to keep going. It's going to go on. And like I said earlier, it's important to remember with all the hysteria that we're seeing on the news and the Delta virus and crazy white supremacists who don't want to wear masks or get vaccinated, that we are literally importing COVID positive people in from south of the border from I don't know what countries. It's not all Mexico. It's not all the Honduras. There's all sorts of people coming from Congo, from all over the place, coming through the southern border. So if they're really concerned about the spread of the virus and and getting it under control, we would have never opened up the border and just let people come in who are COVID positive. So it's an, yet another reason not to really take these people at their at their word. Well, um, and of course, so there's we, a huge political angle, which we saw. Well, play we out know this why. Week. Right. Right. We know why. Just like you don't get the virus if you want to protest for or burn your city down in the name of Black, Black Lives Matter. It's not a big deal if you come in with a coronavirus infection in the south of the border because, you know, you're a migrant or an illegal alien or whatever. The, I don't know what the right word is. Um, so that's why. Um, and to and because the Biden people are using this to go after Ron DeSantis, which we saw this week. 
Um, not only Jen Psaki, who the hell are you suggesting that the governor of the what third most populous state, fourth most populous state in the in the country should get out of the way if he doesn't want to protect people from COVID and force them to wear masks and take the vaccine. Um, and then we saw Biden talk about this, uh, specifically calling out Florida and Texas for not going along with uh, with their uh, decrees. And so this is, I mean, obviously they're scared of Ron DeSantis. They want to try to hobble him for re-election next year, but certainly um, try to sabotage him he runs for president. Right. Right. But DeSantis is having none of it. I mean, he hit back, I thought, in a great way. He first came out and said something like, um, what do you say? Don't bark at me or some. I can't think of the word. <laughs> but he came out yesterday. He's got to work on his delivery. He's a little bit stiff. Like he he, he needs to maybe that will maybe that will come along. I mean, he looks better than he did even a year ago. He was really green last year, but he's, um, he's coming along, but he said, oh, you want me to get out of the way? No. Or I'm standing in the way. Yeah. I'm going to stand in the way of you trying to mask up our kids when they don't need to be. Yes. I'm going to stand in the way of you trying to shut down our businesses again. Yes. I'm going to stand in the way of another, uh, nationwide lockdown. Yeah. You bet. I'm going to stand in the way. So that was, that was good. Yeah, no, that's great. And I also, I think he also sassed, um, Biden on the border. And yeah, didn't he make right. a sass? He sassed him and said, you know, as long as you, you've got the border open, bringing in coronavirus cases, sit the fuck down. And he didn't say it like that. That's what. No, I, he was like, basically, don't tell me how to do my job. You do your job. Like which you're wait. doing badly. Right. So, <clears throat> that was great. Um, I I really am impressed with Ron DeSantis. And I, I want to just say. Nothing prevents you. If you live in Florida and you're worried, you can wear a mask. Nothing is keeping you from wearing a mask. Right. You don't you you can wear one if you want. It's just that it's not forcing people to wear a mask. So it reminds me if you want to dress up like, um, you know, an astronaut. Remember at the very beginning of the coronavirus when the stuff was coming out and there was this memes going around and people dressed in these crazy outfits in the grocery store because they were terrified. Like someone's dressed like an astronaut, someone else was dressed like Darth <laughs> right. Vader. Like they were right. scuba gear. Somebody had scuba tanks on it. Like all that. You can do that. You can. Right. But it's just that we're not making everybody, you know, do that. We're not making everybody follow these rules, which, you know, I'm not really sure, especially, you know, if you're in the grocery store, how close are you to people for extended amounts of time anyway, you know, like where a mask would make that much of a difference. And I will mention this too. I want to point out at the same time that the Jen Psaki and the Biden administration is saying it, there are two important places where we're not seeing the crackdown on, you know, places you would think we would have a, another mask mandate and we're not. And those two states are Virginia and California. And you want to know why, Julie? Because in the fall, there's an election in Virginia. And so you would think Virginia, which oh, is controlled right. by the Democrats and also, you know, um, Governor Blackface, who's a big lib, he could easily say, guess what? You're all going to, we're back with the mask mandate. But they haven't done that. They have, they do not have a mask mandate here. I went into the grocery store a couple of days ago without a mask. I went to Whole Foods without a mask. I know it's crazy. I did that. Also, you are living on the edge, it. girl. Living I know it was edge. crazy. I got some, I didn't even, there were people without masks in there. 
Um, I would say it's half and half here in Northern Virginia. And Northern Virginia is really like basically Washington, D.C. It's that that same political climate. But then also the other place where we're not seeing mass mandates is California. Do you know why we're not seeing them in California? There's a recall election. And Governor Gavin Newsom doesn't want people to get pissed off at him before he's recalled or whether it's up on the ballot. There'll be a ballot measure whether he should be recalled and who should replace him. So as you can see that the the science is very politically malleable, you know, because, again, if this were so dangerous and masks were so protective, we would have places like Virginia and California controlled by big lib governors. They would have that. But we're not because there's an election. I just want to. Well, there is a teeny tiny upside to all of this just like January 6th is going to help Michael Fanone find a new girlfriend is that um, Barack Obama had to cancel his 60th birthday party at Martha's Vineyard under pressure of not complying with the scary Delta variant uh, guidance. So that, that should put a smile on everyone's face. Do you really think, can you, all right, let's just, walk through this right so you've gotten an you're one of the 500 you know what i mean like you're one of the lucky 500 that got invited to barack obama's 60th birthday party and now it's they're not gonna it's not gonna be as large because it's too dangerous who who gets cut you know like is oprah certainly not the 200 staffers didn't they have like 200 staffers that were gonna help with a party of 700 or something crazy well no it can't just be staffers i mean is it oprah like what if you show up like what if oprah shows up and they're gonna be like you know what there's somebody at the door with like a clicker you know that clicks like how many people are going in they're like oh oprah too much (laughs) you can't do oh beyonce no 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 you can't come in i wonder first of all i don't believe that they're gonna cut it like i don't think they're cutting it and um yeah good point you're right. I don't. And I don't know if I'm sure there'll be cell phone rules like you can't take pictures of this or you know what I mean? There can be no evidence of it. And because of the Secret Service protection, it's most likely that there won't be, you know, it'll be hard for a journalist to get close enough, you know, to, to and take they'll a have picture like, of. They'll have like huge tents up like they did for um, yes. Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston's wedding. Remember, like. Exactly. They like the entire uh, island will be like a whole tent so no one can see. Yeah, no, but so there, I think that's what's going to happen. But I do not believe for one second that he's cut it down, that he has, has cut it down. Right. Absolutely. Right. I don't. So right. that's um, that's my my prediction. We'll see if it comes true, but it might come true. Um, so now we're almost running out of time, but we can't finish without talking about the biggest news of the week or some of the biggest news because there's so much big news which is the report on governor andrew quote nursing home cuomo Mm -hmm. and his bad behavior which he says is because he's italian and i know if i were italian i would be kind of pissed off (laughs) i don't know i'd be like whoa so, Julie, are you following this at all? A little bit? Some of it? I have been a little bit. I didn't read the full report. I saw, um, you know, some of the comments and allegations. 
And then I saw his, his creepy press conference. His defense. I, mean, I will say the guy should lose his job. He should have been run out of the job for killing uh, vulnerable people in nursing homes and then for putting sticking people on ventilators, which also killed a lot of people we don't talk about in New York. But um, do we have that clip? I mean, you can't you have to see the actual montage of photos, but I think listening to it, even without the photos, is just it's jaw dropping that he thought this would well, be a good way. To it's do. in no way exculpatory. It's almost like you would think that the prosecution would <laughs> use that and be like, yes, this guy's inappropriate toucher. He's like the like this would be something the prosecution would say, yes, he does it. He inappropriately touches people all the time and then show this montage of him touching, kissing people like in a cringy way. And instead he's like, no, it's not just the women that work for me. I, I grope everybody. I, I mean, I get children that, too. Look him and Joe Biden there. I don't know about you, Julie. I am not a touchy person. I do not like to be touched. So Whenever anyone gets near me, like to do something like that, I tense up right away. Um, I'm gonna remember I don't know. that next Maybe, time I see you. No, Maybe but you're you're, you're different. But just like I, I'm just not a big toucher. But you're well. You're, first you're, of all, I'm Midwest. You don't have cooties, so you're fine. But most I, people do have cooties. I don't want them touching me. But like it's inappropriate to, to touch people like that. Period. It's creepy. Not 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 to mention your employees, which is a whole nother level of messed up. Well, right. That is the distinction. I mean, I'm a pretty affectionate person. I mean, extremely, you know, touchy, feely people. Um, God, more tech. Is that the FBI or is it Rochelle Walensky? Maybe she's on the line trying to screw with us. Today. <laughs> this is the, probably the SWAT team at the CDC. They probably have a SWAT team. <laughs> You know, they do. Um, they do. And I mean, I, I'm around, you know, I, I mean, I know politicians who are uh, very it, sometimes, you know, overly affectionate, especially older men, because that's just how things used to be. But I mean, this is the Democrats. This these are their rules. Right. Yep. They created these rules. So but can we play that clip? Because it just it has to sound even worse without the video than with it. I do it with everyone, black and white, young and old, straight and LGBTQ, powerful people, friends, strangers, people who I meet on the street. It's just gross. No, yeah. I mean, I don't know how one is supposed to conceive that as like exculpatory or to be like, oh, OK, I don't know. I think that I, I didn't I honestly I didn't read the report, but I think the issue wasn't that he was hugging constituents. It's that he was literally violating his employees, which is an area in which you everybody knows you need to be extra careful. Um, It's not that. It's not like we don't have a history of powerful men exploiting their younger employee, you know, employees or interns, right. you know, that that somebody would not warn him and say, look, you know, it's one thing to give like grandma so and so, 
you know, in, in some district, a hug and a kiss on the forehead is not the same as grabbing the breast of a subordinate. That's, that's, that's not the same thing. So, or I don't know, when Mike, he what, allegedly said to someone, um, you need to find me someone who can tolerate the pain or stand the pain or something. That's just something Ew. he says to all of his, um, constituents and voters who doesn't say that, um, my my question is, how long is he going to last, Julie? Do you think he's going to resign? Because I think it's like you get 72 hours. And if you survive 72 hours, and we're we're over 24 right. hours, I think. He's just right. got two more days. If he doesn't resign, you know, this is a great lesson for the Republicans that they'll never learn. Because they're always running out um, elected officials that the left has ginned up as something sensational about. You just have to say no. Just say, just refuse. So do you think he's going to end up resigning or you think he's going to survive? No, I think he's going to survive. I mean, we already sort of went through this the first time around. And then with the nursing home thing, Biden was asked about it, you know, in this milk toast way. And he responded in a milk toast way. Yeah, he should resign. OK, fine. What was hilarious was Caitlin Collins asking Biden, you know, there was a photo of you and him <laughs> hugging or kissing in the montage too uh, and he kind of blew that off but um, no he'll survive I mean the guy's ego is so monumental and um, you know I if I, I don't see options like I'm, I keep we keep losing you him, um, even Bill Clinton uh, I mean he was really the, the pathfinder here right because he had all of that coming at him he was impeached. He never resigned. He never backed down. He got even more popular, astonishingly, among Democrats. And so, you know, they see well, this as it's not a case of because it's not because they really don't mean what they say. You know, it's really not a, right. a question of, you know, exploiting your your subordinates um, or the male female dynamic. It's just not. So. Right. Anyway, we have to end our show now because we're having so many technical difficulties that I have no idea <laughs> if Julie is ever going to be on the other side. And I'm sure she's worried about that for me, too. We don't know whether it's Rochelle Walensky's Walensky's SWAT team. Storm if the people, Is it the people at the DOJ that listen to our show now because Julie's covering J6? I don't know anything <laughs> about it. And I wasn't there. I just want to say that again. I'm not following it. I don't know what's going on. Help me. I'm no done. clue. Uh, um, so thank you for listening. We will be back next week. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you next Friday. Thanks for listening to happy hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.